Coming up on Podcast 1626, the Mercedes-Benz EQE SUV and a hot AMG version is revealed. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Also on the show today, the electric Jeep Avenger, the Porsche Taycan goes further, and the Renault 4 electric car previewed at the Paris Auto Show. Well, those stories and a lot more today. Stick around. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening in the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information. For Monday, 17th of October, my name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. Well, this month, the podcast is sponsored by the new app and charge, a great way for you to feed back to the charging operators, uh, the good and the bad about the charging experience. This week, they have a high-level reward ion- ionity charges in the UK. So if you answer five quick questions about a charge location you turn up to, uh, you can be paid 10 kilometres per station. 60 kilometres then can be redeemed for five pounds of Amazon credit vouchers. And not only do you earn credits for taking part in the app, but any challenge you solve at an Ionity station, um, even if the charger works perfectly, or you detect an issue that then gets passed back to Ionity for being repaired, uh, you can download the Ancharge app right now in the UK. So, let's kick off with the news of Mercedes-Benz, the EQE SUV. Feels a lot like the EQE sedan version if you've seen one of those uh, but with more upright seating says auto blog they like the blender materials natural and synthetics uh, they love the interior truly luxurious and an artful space is how auto blog described being inside the eqe suv they, of course they've got that whole what they call highfalutin hyper screen single piece of glass across the whole front of the dashboard um I don't know. I'm not fully on board with that. Not that I'm buying an EQE or an EQS, by the way, but that three separate screens behind one single piece of glass, I'm sure it works really well. Just And yes, it's a fingerprint magnet, but I just kind of like having them as separate screens. But either way, you can get that on this vehicle. The SUV version of the EQE is dual motor. 677 horsepower with the boost function with the AMG package. Uh, the AMG package has a race start feature because you want that in an SUV, obviously. And it also, along with your full almost 700 horsepower, uh, comes with a unique sound emitted inside and outside the vehicle. to 62, 3.5 seconds. So it's brutally fast. Uh, it's got AMD air suspension uh, with tech borrowed from the AMG GT4 door. It'll lower down in sport mode, even sport plus mode, uh, active anti-roll bars, all that kind of stuff. So really high performance for an SUV. But I'm guessing that if you've got the kind of money to spend on a Mercedes-Benz EQE, you might be the kind of person that also wants to take the kids to school or, you know, do errands and you want an SUV. Well, now you can get one that's brutally fast. Uh, the AMG version will be up against things like the e-tron S, you would imagine, the iX as well going to be made in Alabama and arrive in showrooms in 2023. You know what? I know this is really subjective, but because the EQE is shorter than the EQS, whereas the EQS is a really long car, almost limousine long, with very, very short overhangs, there's something not right about the EQS, and Mercedes-Benz will lose no sleep at all with me saying that. But with the EQE, it's a smaller car, but the overhangs seem more in proportion. Uh, So still a long wheelbase, but I just think it looks way better. The EQE is a five-seater SUV, not a seven-seater, and it has a 90.6 kilowatt-hour battery. They say 342 miles of range. Wow, that's uh, WLTP. So 
That seems a long way to go on that battery pack. That must be usable, at least, but either way. Uh, you go to 80% in 32 minutes on a 170-kilowatt fast charger. Well, there are no such things as a 170-kilowatt fast charger. So I'm guessing what they mean is it charges at 170 kilowatts peak. But either way, look, it's gorgeous. I think Mercedes-Benz are making some really interesting EVs. Uh, the EQS... Obviously, very, very high-end S-Class stuff, but the EQE may be a little more affordable. And I think, like I say, it's subjective, but looks way, way better. Do we need another SUV? Well, we're going to get one anyway. Now, let's talk about a new Jeep. Now, Jeep isn't really a thing in the UK. Jeep's a huge brand in the US, my US listeners. Obviously, obviously, we have Jeep. I think they sold a couple of thousand cars so far this year, or a couple of thousand, maybe two and a half thousand Jeeps so far this year. Really, really, the sales... I'll dig them out. Um, nothing to write home about in the UK. Now, they will launch an all-electric, entry-level vehicle next year. The smallest they've ever made. And three further EVs in Europe by 2025. It's really trying to rejuvenate the Jeep brand in uh, the UK and in EU countries as well. Uh, they want the new baby electric Jeep in uh, in the European territories to draw new customers. Well, it has to, because there are no customers uh, with the Jeep brand right now. I would say, though, it's probably the right size for this market. Uh, Jeep's European um, boss, Antonella, Antonella Bruno, uh, also thinks that right-sizing the vehicles uh, is going to mean they're going to sell more. I'm going to put it on, because it's part of Stellantis, their ECMP platform, and that is going to be used for EVs, the Mocha, the DS3, things like that. But it's going to have a lot of ground clearance, obviously. It's a Jeep. Uh, they said it'll have a segment-topping breakover. I've never thought, hey, if only if only that vehicle had a segment-topping breakover. But this is going to have it, by the way. 54-kilowatt-hour battery seems small. Uh, 249 miles of range on WLTP. Again, when it's cold and windy and elevation, it won't do that. But still... Uh, 115 brake horsepower um, motor, of which you can have uh, uh, one or two. So, uh, you know, I would say one axle or two axles, four-wheel It's a Jeep. It's going to be four-wheel drive, according to Autocar. I'll pop a link in the show notes so you can read more. Now, the Porsche Taycan is going further. Well, according to the EPA testing cycle... The Porsche Taycan is now going further. An EPA range boost, they confirmed today. Uh, Porsche back in July announcing a software update. We knew it was going to bring more efficiency and range, but now we have specific figures. The Taycan Turbo Cross Turismo, which if money was no object, or if I just worked a bit harder and had a few more quid in the bank, um, would definitely be my weapon of choice. Oh, and it is a weapon, isn't it? The Cross Turismo. Holy bazookas. I mean, I would pretend it's a practical car, but still. It's still a hell of a sports car. But I'd be like, well, it's kind of practical. It's got a big boot. The Taycan Turbo Cross Turismo for the model year for next year has got a 14% improvement in range. It was classed as or classified as a 204-mile vehicle. Now it's a 233, and that's on EPA, 233 miles. Also big gains for the Taycan Turbo Sedan, 238 miles. The Turbo S, 222 miles, and 208 miles uh, for the base Taycan. And even the base Taycan is anything but base, really. Beautiful, beautiful vehicles. And... Um, uh, my buddy Richard uh, from R. Simons at rsev.co.uk, you know, he's had his wrapped one for a, a long time now. And every time I think, 
has Richard sold that? And then I check in with him, and he and he hasn't sold it. And there's a reason. There's a reason he can't bring himself to sell his Tycon. He's had he's had one of everything, but he's still got the Tycon. And there's a reason for that. I'm sure he will one day, maybe ish. Possibly. Uh, there's a new powertrain strategy as well that we knew. I mentioned this a little while ago on the podcast. Um, it depowers the front motor and under um, normal load and in range mode and things like that. And also, if you're coasting or stopped, it will completely decouple all of the motors. No power draw, more efficient. Uh, and it's just one of the ways that EVs are getting better all of the time. The improvement curve is really steep. They've had 100 years to make combustion engines better. We're living through a time when... With electric technology, it's it's not a case of, well, you know, from year to year. It's almost month to month, week to week. The cars are getting better all of the time. It's so exciting to report on. Now, let's talk about a vehicle which they said would never be electric. And I guess this manufacturer had to say it to kind of maintain it until they were ready. And that is McLaren, famous name in motor racing, famous for making road cars as well in Woking just outside of London, and they said for years, we'll never make an electric car, never make an electric car. And I guess they had to to kind of keep the current buyers happy. But now they are officially working on an electric car, which is obvious. Uh, It's going to be a car for family use, they say. Uh, Let me decode what that means. SUV, my friends. That's what a car for family use is, right? It's an electric SUV. Um, The CEO of McLaren uh, said that with today's lithium-ion batteries they can't make a supercar as it would weigh too much hang on just gonna make a quick phone call to mate rimats hi hey yeah uh, you know the uh, rimats nevera that supercar you can't make it not with today's technology yeah okay see ya bye so i had to make a quick phone call there uh, mclaren saying you can't make a fully electric supercar because it weighs too much hang on i gotta make a phone call <laughs> no i've done that bit <laughs> Uh, the Lamborghini Urus recently became their brand's best-selling model of all time. And uh, there's loads of SUVs from performance makers that are doing really well. So, yeah, a McLaren SUV, never thought I'd see the day, but they think that's the way to uh, to go forward. I wouldn't be surprised either. But, hey, you can't make a performance hypercar with today's technology, according to McLaren. I can make a phone call called, called Marte Rimasi. No, I've done that bit. Right, on the way very soon, we'll talk about the limited edition Lotus Evaya. Not that you and I will buy this. They've sold them all already. And Lincoln dealers have got to put their hand in their pocket in the US. Those stories and more coming up. Stick around. Now let's talk about the Renault 4 Electric, previewed in Paris. It's a concept. They've called it the Renault 4 Ever, uh, following the rebirth of the Renault 5. Uh, of course, it's going to be all-electric car. They've been showing off this, uh, this, this Renault 4 that goes on sale in 2025. Compact family SUV, all-electric powertrain, silver-coloured uh, body parts, they say which will be close to production. And then there's also bits that are kind of cartoonish, uh, like big oversized, sticky-outy wheels and ruggedy bits, um, like stick-on cladding. They won't be on the production car. It looks a little bit like a kind of superheroes cartoon car, but there's bits of it they say that are production-ready. Asked by Auto Express execs about the potential to reference the original Renault 4's iconic umbrella gear lever. They said there's no concept for it yet, but they might. Um, I remember my dad, when I grew up, my dad used to race uh, bangers. 
uh, Banger Racing. And I remember once he bought two Renault 4s, one to go racing in and then one as a, as a donor car. Uh, and he used to do it at the weekends um, or when he you know, wasn't at work. He's a paramedic. He was a paramedic. And uh, so he sort of did shift work and stuff. And I remember that's one of my memories of growing up and getting into cars. I don't know how old I was, uh, but I remember Dad uh, buying a couple of these Renault 4s. And maybe he did race both of them. I think one of them was a donor car. But yeah, I remember the 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 umbrella gear lever very well. Because, of course, you know, I don't know. I wasn't. I definitely wasn't a teenager. Maybe I was sort of 8, 9, 10 getting into cars. Uh, and I used to just go out and sit in the... Uh, we had a big driveway and stuff and just go sit in the cars and, and you know, you play with the clutch and you play with the gears and, oh well, digression, sorry about that. But yeah, it'd be very cool if they brought that back in some sort of EV form, wouldn't they? Now, there's a limited edition Lotus Evaya and it celebrates the 50th anniversary of Brazil's Formula One hero, um, Emerson Fittipaldi. Now, 50 years ago, it was back in September, actually, 50 years ago, he became the youngest ever Formula One world champion in the Lotus 72. Those JPS colours, the black and gold. And so Lotus, modern day Lotus, have gone back to that. They've black and golded all of the exterior of the Lotus Evaya. A reminder, by the way, four electric motors, 2,000 horsepower, not to 60 in less than three seconds, but that isn't really the USP of this vehicle. Uh, nine seconds to do almost 200 miles an hour, top speed 217. Um, and again, it's not a range monster. It's a 93 kilowatt hour battery, 250 miles of range. It's a hypercar. Nobody tell McLaren you can't make a battery electric hypercar. Why didn't Lotus make an SUV? Nobody told them. Now, next in the news, Lincoln um, have to invest a million dollars to sell evs uh, they're still three years away from selling lincoln evs in the u.s when they hit showrooms but we've heard the ford plan and now lincoln ev dealers uh, are facing a similar investments uh, dealers in the top 130 markets in the u.s have been told they must invest nine hundred thousand dollars on dc fast chargers and level two chargers as well if they do that they can sell unlimited lincoln evs if they don't they won't get access to them from the mothership. Uh, Ford dealers are spending $1.2 million to upgrade their dealerships. Spare a thought for the combined Ford and Lincoln dealerships because you don't get a bulk buy discount. They have to spend both amounts to get the stock. Now, over 10,000 Teslas are gathered in Shanghai leading up to the Q3 earnings on Wednesday evening, which are looking bleak. Actually, they're looking like they're going to be record-breaking. The earnings for Tesla Q3 uh, will be blockbusters. Uh, but there'll be less than analyst expectations. This is why I don't do financial stuff, because it's going to be a record. It's going to be an all-time high. It'll be double what it was this time last year. But because it doesn't meet analysts' expectations, I guess it's to do with seeing Tesla as a growth stock and um, all those things, but still. I imagine the stonk, the, the, the stonk, no, no stonks here. Uh, the stock, uh, stock will tank on Wednesday night um, when they don't, when they miss expectations. Um, which I don't understand any of that. It's all gobbledygook to me. However, uh, aerial footage of the ports in China show, we think around ten thousand Teslas. Somebody says they counted, really. Uh, however, it just shows how many vehicles are being exported out of China right now, and this is one of. Three batches leaving. Good news. If you're not in China, good news. I, I had a look earlier. Uh, I'd also forgotten that the Model 3 starts at £48,000, or £49,000 almost, in the UK. Uh, I, I swear that like, I blinked and it was thirty eight grand 
but anyway, I suppose currency changes, things like that, um, and import taxes. Uh, but that's a lot of money to get into the standard range Model 3, or just Model 3 as it's called. Uh, but I could get one in January. So that's less than three months out. It's two months away, right, to get a brand new tester. And that's, you know, that's come down a lot. And that's here. I didn't check European countries, but um, that's at least for just Model 3 as well. So I think the quickest I could get was um, if I'd clicked long range or performance, that was going to be a November delivery. That's next month. That's amazing. That's really, really come down for Tesla. Good news if you want to buy one. And uh, a reminder, they delivered 343,830 vehicles um, in Q3. Nearly all of them threes and whys. Now, the Tesla semi-truck has been pictured, or videoed really, breaking down on public roads. Not surprising, they're not with customers, they're still tester vehicles. Um, Serge the car hauler is the person who posted the video. And as you can imagine, it's someone who's driving a, you know, a fossil truck, and they see the Tesla truck broken down on the side of the road they videoed it they posted it on youtube they're like oh my god it's a broken down semi-truck and you're like you hear the glee in their voice it's also really weird because there's a tesla recovery vehicle behind it there's highway patrol and then there's another normal semi-truck with a tra- with the tractor and the trailer behind that's off the road in a ditch like a normal combustion one uh so it's weird what's happened there anyway all the headlines semi-truck breaks down um it's a testing vehicle. I'm not surprised. These things happen. I'm sure that Tesla would have preferred it happened on their own private test track, uh, not on public roads where people took a picture of it. Never mind. Um, GM's auto union workers are learning a lot about electric vehicles. When they first made the Bolt uh, back in Michigan, they called it a slow build process, according to GM. The first Bolts rolled down the line October 2016, according to CNBC.com, marking GM's foray into all electric cars. Don't count the Volt, by the way. Um, for the next three years, that factory carried on making uh, the Sonic and the Buick Verano, and they didn't switch to being on the production lines pure EV until 2020 when they added the Bolt EUV. Now, the launch manager at Orion is Jack Hund. Got a quote here. Um, He says, We started slowly introducing the Bolt on the assembly line, a process that can take up to a year while we work out the bugs. We know it's not going to be a smooth thing the first time. When asked about the fate of union workers who are tied to combustion vehicles, uh, they said that they are going to be moved to making EV components, drivetrains, or alternative work on EVs. So... Uh, Obviously, very highly unionized there. And that's great news. Now, China's share of the battery output market has been surging. Last month in September, uh, the capacity to make EV batteries in China had more rapid growth. Last month, had another increase in installed capacity. 31.6 gigawatt hours of EV batteries installed last month in September. Wowee. Uh, 20 gigawatt hours of those, two-thirds, were lithium-ion phosphate batteries. Now, Canada wants to become an EV powerhouse in terms of what goes inside. Um, In the last year and a half or so, 10 different companies have announced $15.7 billion in investments in Canada to make batteries, minerals, materials. Back in August, when Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister, hosted the German Chancellor Olaf Scholz for the state visit, Volkswagen and Mercedes-Benz signing up agreements with Canada to do uh, work on the supply chain there. 
Now, the program manager at Clean Energy Canada, Evan Pivnik, uh, said the country has become uh, has come an incredible distance and building out their EV and battery supply chains. With announcements made in the last two years, the industry is going to support up to 110,000 indirect jobs, 60,000 direct jobs in the EV industry. And I mention that because over the last couple of years, I've been talking about sort of Canada here, Canada there, Canada but m- minerals and battery processing. It requires a rapid expansion of electricity supply, though, to power everything with clean energy. No point making EVs if you can do it with dirty energy. Um, back in March, LG and Stellantis announcing a $5 billion investment uh, for a gigafactory there to build the batteries. So uh, I just thought I'd bring that all together. And when you look at it, actually, there's some really positive work being done by the Canadians to make themselves a bit of a battery powerhouse. Hmm. Now... Final story. And the European Union needs to provide more regulatory incentives for their car makers to scale up EV production, according to the climate group Transport and Environment. The study released today um, says that EV sales are slowing in Europe. Well, that might be true, but the entire car market is down. And also you can't get one. So the past 12 months, if you've gone to order an EV and your dealer has gone, okay, well, we'll see you in a year's time, that has been pretty normal. And if you've gone to buy an Audi, you'll be lucky if it's been a year. Uh, Well, uh, T&E estimates Chinese-made EVs accounted for 5% of fully electric car sales in the EU, but by the middle of the decade will be 18%. And why? Well, supply, because those cars are arriving, many of them. Um, I was talking to my local MG dealer uh, we chat on email and stuff, and um, I'll talk about the MG4. So if you had a good response, he's 150 bookings for test drives for the MG4. And I said, oh, what's your, your order book looking like? He said, very, very strong, um, telling everyone at the minute, up to four months to get one, but there are two ships on the way from China packed with MG4s. And so, you know, I guess if you're uh, picking a spec that your dealer has already pre-ordered and pre-bought and nobody else has gone for that one, or if you're flexible, I guess, either the SE, the long range, the trophy edition, uh, you might be able to get one quickly. It's a car very much in demand, the MG4. I'm sure it's good. Not a patch on the mighty, mighty MG, the ZSEV that I own. It's very mighty. Right, question of the week. Taking a break for a while, but it will return. Thank you very much to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley from the EV Review Island YouTube channel, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK, Octopus Electric Universe, Global Public Charging made simple with one app and one map at millbrookcottages.co.uk. Five-star luxury cottages in Devon. You can jump in the hot tub while your EV charges. Have a good one tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.